This episode is a story about friendship. This friendship is between a woman named Anna Delvey, a German heiress with a $67 million trust fund that took up a residence at a hotel in New York City, and Rachel Deloach Williams, a native of Knoxville, Tennessee, that worked her way up to being an associate photography editor at Vanity Fair. Welcome to Most Fashionable Crime, a fashion-related true crime podcast hosted by me, Taryn. If you want to stay on trend, make sure to sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow MFC on Twitter at Most Fashionable and Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Most Fashionable Crime. There is also a discussion group on Facebook and a Reddit community, which are both linked in the notes. Anna Delvey is a plain-faced white woman with naturally muddy brown hair and blue eyes behind thick-framed black glasses. When she was a bit more put together, she had more of a reddish hue to her hair color and she wore contact lenses. Anna Delvey found her way to New York City in 2013 to attend New York Fashion Week. Despite the city and its residents being known for being cool in demeanor, Anna found it easier to make friends in Ocean Away than she did in Paris, France. She was working for Purple, a fashion magazine out of Paris as an intern and was eventually let go from the company despite becoming friends with the editor-in-chief. According to a New York Times article, she was transferred to the magazine's office in New York before being let go. Two years later, in 2015, Anna attended a dinner party where she met Michael Zufu Wan, a University of Pennsylvania student at the time who went on to open a contemporary art museum in Beijing, China in 2020. She learned that he would be attending the biennial art exhibition in Venice, Italy called Venice Biennale. She invited herself to join him. Michael paid for Anna's arrangements, such as the flights and hotel, under the impression that the German heiress would reimburse him. She did not. He later attended her birthday party held at a restaurant in January the following year. The restaurant contacted him to locate Anna's contact information because she put the space with fake contact information and an invalid credit card. She eventually paid Michael back for this, but through an unfamiliar Venmo account. Anna claimed that she was the daughter of an oil baron or diplomat, so why was she unable to pay her friends back? Was this a case of a trust fund baby being cut off? No, this was the case of a liar. After learning more about Anna, I could not help but think of this clip by Brandon Miller under the persona of Joey and the Scammer. Hey girl, I just wanted to let you girls know that I'm a real messy bitch. A liar. A scammer. I love robbery and fraud. I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. To continue the story, I have to tell you the truth about Anna. Anna Delvey is not her real name. Sometimes she goes by Anna Sorokin Delvey, but her real name is Anna Sorokina. She's also not German, she's Russian. She was born on January 23, 1991 in a satellite town outside of Moscow. At this point, you know her father is not an oil tycoon or a diplomat. Her father drives trucks and before becoming a housewife, her mother owned a convenience store. She has a little brother. When she was 16, she and her family moved to Germany in 2007. Four years later, she graduated from high school before attending Central St. Martins before dropping out and returning to Germany. In Germany, she worked as an intern at a public relations company before finding her way to Purple, the magazine in Paris, France I mentioned earlier. In Paris is where she traded her last name of Sorokina for Delvey. There is not a lot of information I could find on why she left Paris, but I assumed she schemed her way into a lot of burned bridges. I also think Paris was too close to home and the degrees of separation weren't high enough for her to continue her lives and try to fraud her way to the top. Popping up in New York City during Fashion Week was pretty smart of Anna. 
Not to dump on her, but Anna didn't have supermodel looks or anything from what I've seen in videos that I could think of to make people gravitate towards her. So it made sense that she used money to draw people in. Anna also spoke incessantly about the Anna Delvey Foundation, which she intended to be a members-only art foundation and club similar to, I guess, Soho House. Anna peddled the business proposal to wealthy and powerful people in the city. It was all a lie. Guys, it was all a lie. She lied. I first heard about the scandal on Twitter, of course, because I follow a good amount of people in the fashion industry. So when articles started to come out calling Anna a wannabe socialite, people were shook. Prior to these articles being published, Anna decided to sink her teeth into her next victim. Rachel Deloach Williams is a former photography editor at Vanity Fair. She was born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. Her dad is from Brooklyn, New York, and her mother is from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Rachel and Anna met in February of 2016 through a mutual friend named Ashley. By describing both of them, you could see some of their similarities, but they don't really look that much alike. But they both have blondish hair, and Rachel is a lot shorter than Anna. I don't think it was the money that drew Rachel in, but I think it was Anna's confidence because Rachel seemed like an introvert that wanted to step outside of the box. Because Anna was introduced to new people by way of mutual friends, I think this is why no one vetted her story, or why no one took to Google to see if Anna was who she said she was. Rachel picked up on Anna's quirks, knowing that she was not prim, nor was she proper, despite being known as a German heiress. After their initial meeting, Rachel would meet up with Anna, Ashley, and their friend Mariella on weekends here and there. Eventually, Anna singled out Rachel, and they started hanging out one-on-one. Anna was on an ESTA, which stands for Electronic System for Travel Authorization, which according to the United States Customs and Border Protection website, is an automated system that assists in determining eligibility to travel to the United States under the Visa Waiver Program and whether such travel poses any law enforcement or security risk. Due to her being on an ESTA, she had to go back to Germany after being in New York for three months because that's how long the ESTA lasts. They kept in touch through text messages, but they didn't become close friends until February of 2017. The friendship between Rachel and Anna could be described as a whirlwind. They went from having friends in common to becoming the best of friends. Anna had some sort of falling out with Ashley and Mariella prior to returning to NYC that February, so it's really just the two of them isolated. They started to hang out almost every day. Anna apparently enjoyed spending money on experiences and not possessions. However, that did not stop her from having an almost all-black designer wardrobe. She and Rachel would go to Michelin star restaurants like Le Cuckoo for dinner, $300 private workout sessions with Casey Duke, a celebrity personal trainer, and infrared sauna sessions at higher dose. Anna did not have an actual residence in New York City. She just lived out of an upscale hotel for a month at a time and would have to check out for a day and then check back in to the original hotel the following day. Anna footed the bill for some things, but Rachel also paid for lunches and pedicures, as well as other things when Anna somehow forgot her wallet. Despite Anna being the initiator of a lot of their outings, Rachel didn't feel comfortable having Anna pay for everything and she wanted to pay her share. To me, it seems odd for Anna to seek out the friendship of Rachel. If Anna is a con artist and fraudster, Rachel doesn't seem like an ideal candidate to befriend. Rachel pays her own bills and she's not super high up at Vanity Fair to have her pick of the important people within the fashion industry. I am not a con artist so I would not know or understand their way of thinking. It may be the way when people try to call up elderly people and scam them out of their homes. 
Almost every scammer has a downfall, and I guess you could say the start of Anna's began in the North African country of Morocco, specifically Marrakesh. In mid-April of 2017, Anna knew she would have to leave the country again to restart her ESDA. She decided to go to Marrakesh and booked a $7,500 a night private riot at a five-star luxury resort called La Mamounia. According to Wikipedia, a riot is nowadays often used in Morocco to refer to a hotel or guesthouse style, a combination with shared common areas and private rooms, often within a restored traditional mansion. Outside of reading articles and watching interviews for this episode, I read a book Rachel wrote titled My Friend Anna, The True Story of a Fake Heiress. I try to keep an open mind while reading it because everyone has their moments where they lack discernment. Those moments can have a small outcome or a huge outcome, and in Rachel's case, unfortunately, it was huge. There were a lot of red flags that stood out to me. Anna booked a riot at the hotel, which could accommodate up to six people before actually figuring out who she wanted to invite to fill up the space. To me, this is weird because why book this grand of a hotel with no clue of who to invite? Anna did want to invite a videographer to film her for a documentary, which was supposed to be about the creation of the Anna Delvey Foundation. They invited a concierge at the hotel where Anna kind of lived, who was an aspiring filmmaker. Her name is Neff, and she is behind the Film Colors Instagram account. Fortunately for Neff, it did not work out for her to go, and instead, Anna invited Rachel's friend Jesse to go in place of her. Casey, their personal trainer, was also invited on the trip. The second red flag for me was the fact that the flights were not booked despite planning for the trip a month prior. The flight wasn't booked until less than 10 hours before they were supposed to leave, and since Anna was all about paying for all their flights and accommodations... I will be picking the top 20 winners. The top 20 winners will get flued out. All expenses is paid for. It did not make sense to have her guests stressed out over their arrangements. When Rachel added as if she was Anna's assistant and tried to pay for the flights using Anna's card, the card got declined. If I were Rachel, I would have told Casey and Jesse to forget about the trip. But that's not what she does. She pays for all of their flights on her credit card. Now, I believe in making sure you are well prepared for an emergency is something where to go down. But if your rich friend is supposed to be treating you on a trip, she invited you on like she said she would. My wallet is not seeing me. To make matters worse, Anna accidentally checks her clutch containing her methods of payment. A German heir should know better. Rachel ends up paying to check the videography gear for $200 and spent an additional $200 buying meals at JFK Airport in New York and the Lisbon Airport in Portugal during a layover. If this is what some people consider a friendship, I want no parts. As time goes on, the trip only gets worse. While shopping at a marketplace, Anna decided to get some dresses made, and she also purchased some dresses in a jumpsuit that were already made. Anna goes to pay, and her card, of course, gets declined. She claimed to not have told her bank she was traveling, which again... When you are acting as a well-traveled German heiress, that lie doesn't make any sense. Of course, Rachel charges the $1,339.24 bill to her credit card. Anna's cards never seem to end up working, so Rachel begins to foot pretty much every expense. All throughout the trip, Anna has been promising to reimburse Rachel for everything she purchased. A few days into the trip, a serious problem arose. There was a problem with a debit card Anna gave to the hotel to pay for their stay. The hotel staff was not playing around when it came to their money. What do you think happens? Rachel ends up putting the charges on her credit card for $30,865.79, which later would amount to $1,000. 
around $36,000. Not only that, but Rachel has to leave her company credit card at the desk to pay for another activity Anna couldn't pay for, and her company credit card gets a charge for $16,770.45 for the remaining balance on their hotel bill. Rachel was under the impression that the charges would be reversed or that Anna would reimburse her. Outside of the hotel charges on her accounts, she also spent a little under $10,000 on other expenses during the trip, so in total, Rachel had about $62,000 charged to her credit cards. There were an endless amount of red flags on their trip. I understand not wanting to end up in a foreign country's jail and dealing with all of that. Casey left the trip first, followed by Rachel and then Jesse. Anna ends up staying and goes to another hotel where, of course, she could not foot the bill, but somehow makes it back to New York, where she is now staying at another hotel called the Beekman Hotel. But, of course, she couldn't foot the bill there either. To cut to the chase, after months of Rachel and Anna going back and forth through emails, text messages, and Facebook with each other about wire transfers that never existed, Rachel finally decided to get the law involved. In my opinion, there was too much back and forth in the first place. Of course, Rachel's job was in jeopardy as well as her livelihood because she was barely managing to pay her bills at this point and she required the help of friends and family, which fortunately she had. For those of you that may be wondering, this never turned violent between them. Anna had been creating fake emails, coming up with fake numbers for wire transfers, and it was all really just too much. Rachel never got her money from Anna, which is the outcome I think everyone listening to this podcast suspected. The foundation also never came to fruition, so Anna came up with money by not repaying part of a $100,000 loan and depositing fraudulent checks into banks and then taking out usable funds before the banks realized that the checks were fraudulent. Rachel gets the case involved with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office and helps orchestrate a sting operation where Rachel tricked Anna into thinking she would meet her for lunch in California, where Anna was in rehab. Following Anna's capture, she was found guilty of eight charges in April of 2019. These charges include theft of services, grand larceny in the second degree, and attempted grand larceny. According to Wikipedia, she received a sentence of four to 12 years, and she was ordered to pay a restitution of almost $199,000, and she was fined $24,000. Rachel did not lose her job, and all of her charges were reversed, so good for her. Anna did not have a happy ending. On February 11, 2021, she was released from prison after serving less than four years. The next month, she was snatched up and taken into custody by ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, because she overstayed her visa. She has been awaiting deportation to Germany since, and she was still in ICE custody as of late September. As for Rachel and Anna's friendship, I think they both used each other to an extent. I don't think Rachel was using Anna for money because I haven't seen or read anything that makes me think that. Outside of hanging out with Anna, she was living a pretty regular non-native New Yorker life, taking trips back to her hometown of Knott'sville and vacationing with family at Kiowa Island. I do think in expensive cities like that, and especially in the fashion industry, people do try to latch onto a rich friend and, I guess, use them for their benefit. It does seem like Rachel did see and value Anna as a friend based on how she handled the situation. You can expect to see this story televised through a Netflix show produced by Shonda Rhimes and HBO in the future. This topic could honestly have been two episodes, and to keep this one from being too long, I will release a bonus episode later in the season to talk even more about Anna, what I think her alternatives could have been, her boardroom fashion, Netflix deal, and more. 
Thank you so much for listening to Most Fashionable Crime and make sure to head over to the MSC YouTube channel and vlog to see visuals. All of my sources are linked in the notes. In case you're wondering, this podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Taryn. All the music you heard in this episode is from Epidemic Sound. I also wanted to give a special thank you to the monthly contributors of this podcast. It is very much appreciated. Thank you so much again.